0: Good evening, this is Bishop Angela Young, and welcome to Step by Step, Walking into Your Destiny. And on tonight, we're with About My Father's Business, and um, I'll be teaching on Segment 2 of What Are the Requirements of True Salvation? And so, before we begin, I'm going to just play just a little bit of our theme song by Joanne Rosario. And it's more, more, more. Minister Peggy, could you go ahead and open us up in prayer while the um song is uploading, please?
1: Oh, sure, sure. Uh, Father God, we thank you for this time, Lord, to learn what it means, what true salvation truly means. Father, thank you for the word that is coming out of our bishop's mouth too. Give the people who need to understand more of what you're trying to tell us, Lord, to truly know that we're truly saved and we're walking according to Your Word, Lord, according to Your commandments, according to Your precepts. Father, I pray that those that are coming on and be listening later, that they will understand what true salvation means, Lord, and that they have to be dedicated. That will they. Father, and thank you to our bishop who's going to come with this word and I pray for all the listeners as well around the world who are listening and I thank you Lord for this time in your word in your precious name Lord thank you in Jesus name amen
0: amen so we are having just a little bit of technical difficulty but it's okay um I would like to, um, just ask for just a few moments. We have a few moments, um, out of, um, basically out of what we have, um, discussed, um, from segment one last week, I wanted to know if anyone, um, has any comments or um, that they would like to you know just make on what we have went over so far um, If or if they have anything they just like to say in general about the t- I was
1: just looking at my notes and the biggest thing is that many will think that they are saved but they're not
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's
1: just that the church isn't teaching as you're teaching us what true salvation is because a mm-hmm. lot of people think that it's just fire insurance so to speak like oh yeah i gave my life to the lord now i can move on and live my life accordingly and that's not what it is or just just have bodies in the church Mm-hmm. And their souls are dying because they don't have an understanding of what it means to have a relationship with the Lord. Because that's what He wants. He just doesn't want head knowledge. He wants your heart, and that's what He's seeking is our heart. I desire a relationship with My creation. I love you that much that I sent My Son to die in your place. That's mm-hmm. how serious I am. And if people were to say that in the church that that's His love for you make it personal and it just seems like people don't take that personal it's just head knowledge and move along and their heart is still connected to this world he's just seeking us that much more to come to him to love him have that intimate relationship with him
0: hey man
3: well, um, Bishop, I really like you teaching the true salvation because it's something that needs to be, to me, be taught in every church because, like Minister said, everybody who thinks they are saved, they are not. They think, because, oh, I done got baptized, I done said, Lord, forgive me, that it stops there. They don't understand when they say, I accept you, Jesus, you have to... Meditate on that word at home, not just go to church on Sunday and hear the word for 15, 20 minutes. You have to really sit down in front of him and allow him to teach you. Your pastors can coach you, but God is always the true teacher, and that's why he gave us the Holy Spirit, that we mm-hmm. may gain that knowledge, that wisdom, and understand that truth that we lack. So I really like you um, teaching on true salvation. It's really been a great word for me to hear and i just wish you know some churches would touch on it Mm
2: -hmm. and you know
3: um just teach like you're teaching um just let us know and everybody know that you're not really truly receiving true salvation until you totally get your life to christ and like you said something about repentance last week and the week Mm -hmm. before Mm -hmm. you have to turn from self-will to the will of god you can't say oh i want to be saved and be a follow of Jesus but then you want to do your own will you know including simple things that we shouldn't be doing so I really appreciate you teaching on this I'm really enjoying it
0: amen amen well um the Lord just put it on my heart that you know it was important that we that we really get it you know especially as leaders we have to tell people the truth and teach them and let them know that this is serious and this is our song Um, i'm gonna let it play just for a few minutes and then we'll continue on tonight with what are the requirements for true salvation Lord. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. Can someone get for me um, John 1 and 12?
1: I'll get that for you. Okay. Sorry, trying to get my glasses
0: back. Well,
1: alright. John 1 and 12. Yes. And it reads, and I'm coming from the Passion. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But
1: those who embraced him and took him. Excuse me, but those who embraced him and took hold of his name were given authority to become the children of God.
0: Okay. So tonight we're going to talk about what are the requirements for true salvation. And mine says, um, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, have gave the right to become children of God. What must you do to be saved? We're talking about the requirements on tonight for true salvation. If you want to have a restored and reconciled relationship with God, And peace with God and eternal life in heaven. What are the requirements for true salvation? Because the Bible clearly shows that there are three things that are required for a person to truly be saved. Jesus states the first two requirements in these verses. Mark 1, 14 and 15 says jesus went into galilee proclaiming the good news of god the time has come he said the kingdom of god has come near repent and believe the good news repent is the first requirement in order to be saved and have a restored relationship with god Repent means to be going in one direction and then to turn around and go the opposite direction. It means that you must decide to turn away from your sins and from sinning against God and displeasing Him and from living to please yourself. Then you must decide in your heart To turn back to God and live to please him. So, I want to make this, you know, really clear. Repent is the first requirement. And again, repent means to be going in one direction. And then to turn around and go the opposite direction. In other words, from sin. It means that you must decide to turn away from your sins and from sinning against God and displeasing him and from living to please yourself. So in other words, you've got to become selfless. You can't be selfish. You've got to let self be denied. You've got to deny yourself. and you have to let go of self self pride pride is one of the things that we have to get we have to turn loose in order to to really repent you you can't you can't be prideful you got to say lord here i am Here I am, because he sees the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. But that's something we have to be conscious of. And then we have to decide in our heart, nobody can make this decision for you. You can repeat the sinner's prayer from now until when our Lord and Savior returns. But if there hasn't been a heart change, if there has not been some type, the true meaning this is what we're talking about tonight we're not talking about well i did it uh this sunday or i did it because i heard the, the minister preached and it really moved me or i felt a certain type of way you have to make a conscious decision you Have to make that decision no one can make it for you then you must decide because it's your heart your heart has to turn back to god your creator and live to please him not yourself when we are living for ourselves and living in sin we're going down the road of sin the problem with this road is that it will lead you farther and farther from God and cause you to have a broken relationship with God. This road will never give you the satisfaction and peace that living for God will give you. In other words, the road to sin gives you temporal, temporal, carnal-minded peace. It's fleshly peace. It's not eternal. Temporal is temporary. It's temporary peace. It's not consistent. And this, this road will never, you'll never be completely satisfied. You'll never be at peace with yourself. Because you're not at peace with the Lord. You have not made your peace with the Lord. The second requirement for salvation, the second thing that Jesus mentioned in Mark 1 and 15 is believe the good news. The good news is the gospel. Is that Jesus? The good news means the gospel. And, and the good news is that Jesus loves you. Do you really believe that? Do you know what type of love he has for you? And that he came and he, he died. Yes, he did on the cross to take away your sins. And he paid the ultimate price to take away your punishment. People hear that all the time, but they know the significance of what he really did. He literally took our place on Calvary and he took our sins all of them on himself and he took the punishment that we deserve to have the word believe in this verse does not mean that you believe in your mind that Jesus exists because most religions in the world today believe in Jesus in some type of way a in some form or another and this is where we run into issues some believe jesus was a good man some believe he was a good teacher and others believe he was a religious prophet to believe in jesus the word believe in the bible means that you need to believe with all of your heart that jesus truly loves you but some people don't understand the meaning. They look at love from a fleshly point of view and that he died on the cross to take away your sins and your punishment and that he rose again on the third day and is alive. And then he went back to heaven. Believe means that you need to place all of your faith and your confidence and your total trust and all of your hope in Jesus Christ alone. In Jesus Christ alone, not in what so-and-so says and not up today, down tomorrow. Well, I believe today, but no, tomorrow, I don't think so. I think I'm going to go over here and and I'm going to believe in this and that. And that's when you become double-minded and unstable in your thoughts, in your actions, in your words, in your deeds, in your lifestyle. That's why you see people walking around and they're so confused. They don't know. We don't put our faith and confidence and trust and hope in a religion or in a church, a building, or in a pastor, or in a, in a church leader, or in our own good works, or in anything else you must put all of your faith, hope, and trust and confidence with all of your heart in Jesus Christ alone, 100%. No matter what. No matter what. Because there will be times when there will be some what's. Because what does the thief come to do? He comes to steal any hope you have, any aspiration you have. He comes to kill your joy. And he comes to destroy any type of faith that you might have in the Lord. That's what the thief comes to do. And the third requirement. The third thing that, that God's word shows is a, is, is a requirement for salvation. Is a, that is a requirement for salvation. is found in John 1 and 12. And it says, yet to all who did receive him, which is Jesus Christ, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. To receive Jesus Christ is the third requirement for true salvation. And what does this mean, though? First, it means that you need to willingly invite Jesus into your life and receive him as your Lord and Savior. A lot, and I'm going to put it out here just like this tonight, A lot of people have rebellion. They rebel against everything. They wanna they they buck against everything. They kick against everything, but this and but that. No, this is this is the truth we're hearing tonight. You have to surrender. You need to willingly invite Jesus Christ into your life and receive him as your Lord and Savior but people hear that word Lord they want to break it down and dissect it and all this stuff and and, and well I'm not I, I, I'm I, no. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to live my truth. And they don't even know what the real truth is because he says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh until the father, unto the father, except by through me. It means that you need to willingly invite Jesus into your life and receive him as your Lord and Savior. Savior means that Jesus will forgive you for all of your sins and he will take away all of your punishment for your sins and he will give you the gift of a restored personal relationship with God. Peace with God and eternal life in heaven. Peace with God. Peace with God. You've got to come through the sun. Jesus as Lord of your life. Lord means something totally different. This is where most people, like I said, they have a big problem. And they have a big misunderstanding of what is required for salvation. People think they can say a quick prayer and ask Jesus to be their Lord and Savior. But they have no idea of what Jesus being your Lord really means. And they have no intention in their heart to really make Jesus the Lord of their life. Someone get Matthew 7 and 21.
1: Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in
0: heaven. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but who, who, who'd you say, Pastor
3: But he who does the will of my father who
0: is in heaven. So it's only those who actually do the will of the father who is in heaven that will enter. Nearly everyone wants Jesus to be their friend. And nearly everyone wants Jesus to protect them and take care of them and all of their needs and even give them things that they want and desire everyone nearly everyone wants Jesus to be their Savior and save them from their sins and the eternal punishment of hell see some people don't believe hell, like I said to you all before They don't even teach about hell. They don't believe there's a hell. They think we're in hell right here. They they don't even have any clue. They don't believe there's a hell. They feel like they're, you know, this is just a big party. And when it's over, it's over. Most people do not really want Jesus to be their Lord. The Lord of their life, which means to give up control and ownership and the rights to do their life. Hey, to live their lives, the way I'm living my best life. I'm going to live my best life. I'm what's that other thing they say. I'm living my truth. They don't want him to be the Lord of their life because they don't want to give up control and ownership and the rights to their life to him. It may mean you need to give up your dreams and goals, your dreams, your goals, your plans, and to accept Jesus' will, his will. not my. He told the Father. He said, not my will. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, not my will, but thy will be done. We have to will it over. In other words, it's not its not about our dreams and goals and plans and what we want and what we think. It's accept, to accept his will and plans instead. It may cost you a lot. There's a cost. See, this is the part here where, you know, it's like, okay, you know how there's a clause right there. There is a cost to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and to be his disciple. A disciple is a a learner and follower of Jesus Christ. You need to commit your life to Jesus. And to commit to follow him as your Lord and Savior. In relationship terms, you need to be have a committed relationship with Jesus. And some people will sit and they will tell you that they're not committing to anything. I'm committed. I show up. And then I go and I do what I want to do. I'm there every Sunday, so you can't tell me. I put money in the collection plate, so you can't tell me. I'm committed, but when it's time to watch that game, when it's time for me to go to the show with my homegirls, when it's time for me to do this with my children, those are my children. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do what I want to do. and that's just how it is. And can't nobody tell me any different. This is this this is it right here. It may cost you a lot. A lot. In order to commit, you got to be totally committed. You need to have a committed relationship with Jesus. He wants, he doesn't want a half, he doesn't want that. He doesn't need it. He wants a committed relationship. And when we teach people, when we teach individuals, we need to be truthful. We need to know the truth. Once we know the truth, we accept the truth. And then you'll see people getting free, will be free. Because Jesus is not interested in having a casual relationship with you. He loves you too much. And he is totally committed. He has proven himself. He proved his love and his commitment by dying on the cross for our sins and for taking our punishment. And he wants us to be as committed to him as he is to us. He wants you to love him as he loves you. He wants you to continually surrender. It's a continual thing. It's not just a, a, a will that turns and stops. It's a continual giving up of dying to self, dying to the flesh. It's a continuation. He wants us to continually surrender our lives. He wants you to turn over your will to him and live to please him and follow him and his word and his ways and his will for your life in luke 9 and 23 jesus gives us the picture of what it really looks like and means for him to be your lord and for you to be truly saved and i you know we can't as leaders We cannot tell people, well, you know, when you're saved, you're saved, and that's it. That's what I'm saying. We've got to take this seriously. The son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders. And chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised up on the third day. And he was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must. He didn't say, well, you know, flip a coin. No, that's not what he said. He said he must deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me it's a daily walk we're talking about a day-to-day-to-day-to-day day day day. Day. one day at a time sweet jesus day-to-day when jesus says if anyone wants to come after me he is not talking about following him he is really saying if you want to go where i'm going in other words, if you want to be saved and then have eternal life and go to heaven where I'm going, you must, it's a must, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus, not me, He's Jesus, I'm talking about Jesus. Now, don't, don't follow me. You follow me as I follow Christ. But you make sure that you are you got your eyes on the prize. Making Jesus your Lord means you need to deny yourself. You need to deny your will and follow his will. And you need to deny control of your life. And let Jesus control your life. You need to deny your wants and desires and follow what Jesus wants and desires. Well, you know, this is just the world we live in. You know, we got to have a little fun. We got to be worldly sometime. We got to act this way, you know, when we're in front of, you know, church folk. And then we got to act this way when we get out here, you know, so we can blend in. Take up your cross daily is a very misunderstood saying of Jesus by many people. Many people that think that this means that they have to live with some physical problem or illness or with a person that causes them a lot of trouble or grief or abuse. Jesus does not mean this at all. For Jesus, the cross was God's will for him. Jesus had to submit and accept his father's will of dying on the cross so we all could be saved and have a restored relationship with God. Jesus is talking about in this parable how we need to daily submit to his will for our life and not live to follow our own will. It is a daily act of submission to our Lord and Savior and his will. After denying yourself and taking up your cross, which is God's will daily, then you can follow Jesus as your Lord. You cannot be a true and obedient follower or disciple of his unless you first deny yourself and then submit your life and will to him daily. To truly have Jesus as your Lord and Savior means to faithfully and obediently and passionately follow him as your Lord, your master and your king. Salvation is not just saying a quick prayer as I have said before. Saying this in a quick prayer is one thing, but actually doing, saying is one thing. Doing it with all of your heart is another. The truth is that most people do not really and fully submit their life and will to Jesus as their Lord. And they do not meet the requirements for true salvation. That is why... Jesus said what he said in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, if someone will get that. And also what he says in Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Someone get that. Someone get Matthew 7, 21 and 23, 21 through 23, and Matthew 7, 13 through 14, please.
3: Okay, I have Matthew 7, 21 and 23. Okay. And it states, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. but Only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name job out demons and in your name perform many miracles, then I would tell them, Plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you doors.
0: Okay. Matthew 7. Yes.
1: Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and spacious and broad is the way that leads away To destruction, and many are those who are entering through it. But the gate is narrow, contracted by pressure, and the way is straightened and compressed that leads away to life, and few are those who find it.
0: Hmm. So we are to enter through the gate. That is is narrow. It said enter through the narrow gate. Hmm. But it's more room. in the in the other one for the gate is wide. And the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many. You won't be lonely. There are many. Who enter through it. Come on girls. Come on. Come on Peggy. Come on D'Amica. Come on Pastor O. And whoever else is listening. Come on. There's many who go through. Through that gate. But the narrow gate. Hmm. It's small. The way is narrow. That leads to where? Where does it lead to?
3: Destruction.
0: No, the narrow gate. Where does the narrow, oh, the narrow
3: gate?
0: gate? Yeah. The narrow gate leads to life. To Jesus. To eternal. Yes. And 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 it says, listen, y'all, listen to this. It's said few. There's few who find it. That should give us chill bumps. There's few who find it. Do you all hear what I'm saying tonight? There are few. They said the word of God says there are few. That means what? Few means what? Not very many. Many. My God, help us today, Jesus, help us, Lord. Oh God, help us. What are the requirements for true salvation found? In the Bible, the third requirement clearly shown is God's word in God's Word are repent. One, believe in Jesus Christ, two. Receive by faith, jesus christ as your lord and savior not just your savior people want to leave the lord out because they want to do their own thing they want to you know they don't want to commit they don't want to submit they don't they don't want to give up that control self-will Salvation is, Pastor, you're going to love this word, transformation. When you have truly met these three requirements for true salvation, then there is a transformation that takes place in you and in your life. Not just in you, but your life. I'm not talking. I, it, it's this transformation that takes place in you and your life. They go hand in hand in you and your life. Salvation is transformation. Many people that say a quick prayer about confessing their sin and receiving Jesus do not see transformation. It takes place in you and your life. Many do not really mean to commit their life to Jesus. And their life is no different. After they say the prayer. Do y'all hear what I'm saying tonight? This is the difference. Selah. Listen. Pay attention. This is the difference. I'm going to go back. Because this is important. When you truly. When you have truly met. These three requirements. For true salvation. Then there is a. Transformation that takes place in you and your life. Salvation is transformation. Let's say that together. Salvation is transformation. Amen. Many people that say a quick prayer about confessing their sin and receiving Jesus do not see what transformation so just many people that say a quick prayer about confessing their sin and receiving Jesus they do not see transformation They don't see it. The three requirements, repent, believe in Jesus Christ, receive by faith, Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Many do not really mean to commit their life to Jesus. And their life is no different after they say the prayer. There is no change or transformation in their heart. We know about the heart. The heart is what? Deceitful. And above all things, it is what? Desperately wicked. Okay, They see no different. Many do not really mean to commit their life to Jesus and their life is no different. After they say the prayer, there is no change or transformation in their heart or in the way they live their lives. They may go to church and even be active in church. But Monday through Saturday, their life is no different. True salvation is transformation. If you have never truly repented... From your sins and placed all of your faith in Jesus and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior but you are ready to do so then you can do it right now if you're ready to repent Put your faith in Jesus and follow him. Through prayer, you can talk to God and do things that he says you need to do to truly be saved. Repent from your sins. Place your faith in Jesus Christ and invite him to come into your life. And ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord And Savior and commit your life to the Lord to your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ To follow him and his will not yours And I'm gonna pray this prayer and you all can pray along with me Dear Lord Thank you For loving me very much And for sending Jesus Christ to die And to pay the price for my sins Lord I have sins in my life Please forgive, mm.
1: Please forgive me
0: for all of my sins.
1: For all of my sins.
0: I, am sorry
1: I am sorry that I have sinned against you,
0: and I have sinned against you, and dear Lord Jesus. Please come into my life.
1: Come oh, into my life
0: and be my Lord and Savior.
1: Be my Lord and Savior.
0: I commit my life to you.
1: I commit my life to you.
0: To follow you.
1: Follow you.
0: And, your will and your
1: will.
0: And your ways. And I repent and, I repent. and turn, away from my sins. turn
1: away from my
0: sins. I turn back to you,
1: back to you. With, all
0: with all of my heart. Please give me peace with God,
1: give me peace with God.
0: and eternal life in heaven. Please teach me your word and your ways so I can follow you as my Lord and help me to grow closer to you in Jesus name I pray. Amen.
1: Amen.
0: you, You have an assurance of salvation. That's like a policy. Hallelujah. Have you, if you've done these things, if you've truly repented of your sins and put all your faith and your hope in Jesus Christ and received him as your Lord and savior and committed your life to him, if you meant it, with all your heart, then for sure you have reconciled relationship with God and peace with God, and eternal life and a new life. Hallelujah. With Jesus Christ, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans 10 and 13. Those who have the son, which is Jesus Christ, have life. Those who do not have the son do not have life. These things have I written that you may know you have eternal life. 1 John five, twelve through 13. If you have met the requirements for true salvation, then you are ready for the next step in your restored relationship with God. He wants closer. He's calling us to come deeper. To him, And to grow spiritually. To be more like him. We're forever growing. There's nobody that has arrived. I don't care what you got. I don't care how many degrees you got hanging on the wall. I, it doesn't matter. We're forever growing. And coming into the knowledge. Of Jesus Christ. We're forever growing. And coming into the knowledge. He wants us to have a growing close fellowship and intimacy. Pursuing intimacy with God. Mm, mm, mm. It will help us. It's the most important thing in our life is our intimacy with God our fellowship with him, and our partnership with him in his kingdom, work, and mission. And that is going to conclude our teaching for tonight on segment two. Of true requirements for true salvation. Next week, as we talk about, we're going to talk about pursuing intimacy. Because we're still under the requirements for true salvation. But we're going into the intimacy. We're talking about intimacy with God. And how we keep our relationship intact. We've talked about the steps and and true salvation. But see, we've got to do housekeeping. There's things we have to do to keep that intact. I thank you all for being a part of the teaching segment on tonight. what are the requirements for true salvation hallelujah i thank you all just for being here and being a part on tonight we're going to um, conclude and we'll be back next thursday at seven and i'm going to turn it over now to pastor olivia